I am so thankful that we get to gather together in a nation where it's free. Isn't it wonderful? That we can, we can come together. We don't have to worry about that someone is going to break in. We've been able to sing and to listen to singing for an extended period of time. I was in Switzerland last year, year before last, and I was in a cave where Anabaptists would hide to have worship services. And they'd like to meet in that cave up in the mountains because at certain times of the year, a waterfall would fall in front of the cave and it would cover up their singing. So they could gather together and sing. And we've been able to do that. And hasn't it been wonderful to hear music that's been sung to the Lord today? I've loved watching the young people up here. And this is, that's, that's the future. That's the next generation. We're so thankful for it. John chapter 8. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll dive in. Lord, thank you so much for the cross. But Lord, without the empty tomb, the cross would have been a failure. We know that it was a great victory. You triumphed over sin. You triumphed over Satan. And the Bible says that you showed it to principalities openly by rising from the dead. And so, Lord, we are so thankful that you did. Help us as we study your word this morning to get some insight from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at John chapter 8, verse 1. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple... And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Uh, in the last chapter, chapter 7, he's teaching the people in the temple, and they say, how does this man have all this knowledge? Seeing that he, he hasn't studied letters. You know, he, he hadn't gone to college. Can you imagine wondering where Jesus Christ went to school? That's interesting, isn't it? He would have gone to school to study about himself. And so Jesus Christ sat down and is teaching the people in John 8. And then look at what happens, a strange scene. Picture this, they're in the temple. Jesus Christ is sitting. There's a whole multitude of people gathered around him that he's teaching. And all of a sudden, there's a commotion, and a group of Pharisees burst onto the scene. Verse 3, And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, is that a weird Easter passage? All right, let's read on. Verse 5, Now Moses in the law commanded us that such, see that she's a such, such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said tempting him that they might have to accuse him. All right, so here's what's going on. Jesus Christ is teaching in the temple. The scribes and Pharisees are trying to find a way to diminish him before the people because he's getting a great following. He's a great teacher. He's able to communicate to the people in a way that these religious leaders never could because religion is dead. You don't have to be in a dead religion very long to know that there is no life there. The Bible says very clearly that the law kills. The law kills. And this passage gives an example of that, doesn't it? Here's a woman who has been taken in adultery in the very act. They, she, they have brought her before the judge of all the earth. The Bible says that Jesus said, the father judgeth no man, but hath rendered all judgment unto the son. So here's the judge. Now, do you think the scribes and Pharisees knew that Jesus was the judge? No, no. They were trying to trip him up. They were trying to make him stumble. It's like a reporter trying to catch a politician. 
right? That's what they're trying to do to Jesus, but Jesus is no politician. Can you imagine trying to trip Jesus up with the Bible? It is just, it's so funny. So what they say to him is, the law says that she must be killed. Let me read to you what the law says. It's Deuteronomy. You don't have to turn there. But Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 22 says this, If a man be found lying with a woman married to an husband, then they shall both of them die. Both the man that lay with the woman and the woman, so shalt thou put away evil from Israel. Now, can you imagine if we still lived under that law? Hollywood would cease to exist. <laughs> Isn't that true? Do you know what we have forgotten? That it's evil. Amen? It's evil. It's evil. You're still saying, this is the weirdest Easter sermon that I've ever heard. So they're trying to... They're trying to trip Jesus up. Back in John 8, verse 6, they, this, they said, tempting Him, that they might have to accuse Him. What are they trying to do? They want Jesus to condemn this woman to death. That's what they want Him to do. And the law says that people caught in adultery ought to be stoned. They ought to be killed. Do you see what I mean when I say the law kills? The law kills. The law kills. Jesus stoops down and He writes in the dirt with His finger. Do you see verse 6 again? But Jesus stooped down and with His finger wrote on the ground as though He heard them not. He didn't even answer them. He just kneels down and starts scribbling in the dirt. That's interesting, isn't it? He doesn't even answer them. Now notice what they had said. It says in verse 5, Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. Verse 7, So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up Himself and saw none but the woman, He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now, what an amazing story. Now, how many of you have heard this story before, right? And so I have heard people say so many times, all these commentators or preachers, they know what Jesus wrote in the dirt. Well, that's great because the Bible doesn't say it, so they must have some information that nobody else has, right? The Bible doesn't say what he wrote. I don't necessarily think he wrote anything. You see, Jesus knew the law. What did Deuteronomy Five or Deuteronomy twenty two twenty two say to do. If a man is caught with a woman in adultery, both of them are supposed to be brought and both of them are to be put to death. All right, so what's the problem with this story? Someone's missing. Right? There, someone is missing. I think what was going on was they had entrapped this lady in order to trap Jesus. 
But, but can you imagine trying to trap Jesus Christ with the law? Jesus got down in the dust on the floor of the temple. A lot of times, I remember thinking about this before I studied it out. I pictured this happening like in the street. They're in the temple. And so the dust on the ground, Jesus gets down into the dust and he writes. And then all of a sudden, he stands up and they're embarrassed and are walking away. Why? Go to Numbers. Keep your place in in John 8. But go to Numbers chapter 5. So here's what's going on in Numbers 5. God is telling the people that if a man suspects that his wife has been unfaithful to him, but she's not with child and he doesn't have any evidence, but he has a spirit of jealousy, what he's supposed to do is he's supposed to bring that wife to the priest of the temple before the Lord and he is going to do something. So look at what it says. We're in Numbers chapter 5. Look at verse 16. And the priest shall bring her near and set her before the Lord. And the priest shall take holy water in an, in an earthen vessel. Are we all there? Numbers 5, verse 17 now. And the priest shall take holy water in an earthen vessel. And of the dust that is in the floor of the tabernacle, the priest shall take and put it into the water. And so then what he does is he takes this dust, this, this dirt that's on the floor of the tabernacle, and he mixes it with this holy water, and he says a blessing over it and has the woman drink it. And if she's been unfaithful, then she's going to be cursed and her belly's going to swell. She's going to have sickness. And if she's not, she's going to be fine. What a weird Easter passage. But that's the context. That's, that's the law. That's what was going on. So what did Jesus Christ do? They have this woman taken in adultery in the very act, and they quote Deuteronomy 22.22 to Jesus. But the problem is they're not both there. There's only one. So what does Jesus do? He gets down and he starts messing with the dirt, with the dust that's on the floor. And says, folks, you're in the wrong passage. You're quoting the wrong verse. And at that point, they knew they were in trouble. Because they are violating their own law. What a great Savior we have. What a great Savior. Can, I, I, I wonder what was really going on in his mind. Yeah, he's just, he's there. Really? You can almost see it. He's watching them do all this. <sighs> he starts doodling on the ground. <laughs> oh, man. And what does Jesus Christ do? He tells her. They go away, oldest to the youngest, because the oldest knew they had a whole lot more sin than the youngest. They leave. And now it's just Jesus and the woman. And he says this to her. Look at verse, back in John 8. Verse, at the end of verse 10, he says, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. 
Can you, what, can you imagine what in the world she was thinking at this moment? And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Now, with all that's going on in Indiana right now with uh, religious liberty law and all of those things, you have a lot of Christians who are saying that um, we need to be like Jesus and not condemn sinners. That's not what's going on here. That's not what's going on. According to the law, Jesus could not condemn her. The witnesses were not there. They had violated the Deuteronomy 22. They hadn't fulfilled the Numbers 5. Jesus said, where are thy accusers? And he says this, neither do I condemn thee. Why? Because he is a righteous judge. He is a righteous judge. He is not condoning sin. He's not condoning error. As a matter of fact, what does he say next? Go and... He doesn't say, go. I accept your behavior. It's okay. Is that what he says? No, 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 no. Go and sin oh, as much as you like to because we're accepting. No, no. Go and sin no more. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Now, that's the context. That's exactly what happened. And then in the next verse, look at what it says in verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so now he goes back to teaching the people. What was he doing before this whole thing started? He was teaching the people. What's he do now? He, you, you can't interrupt Jesus and lose his train of thought. He goes back to what he was doing. Why have I brought this passage to us this morning? In every act that Jesus Christ did on earth is a picture of his redemptive work. And I'm going to show you that in this text. So let's look at what Jesus Christ did in this text. Look at verse 6 again. This they say tempting him that they might have to accuse him. So here's what's going on. A woman has been caught in sin and that sin has been brought before a holy and a righteous God. So what does he do? Verse 6, But Jesus stooped down. Jesus stooped down. Remember what has happened. Jesus, This woman has been brought before Jesus, and she's sitting before him in the chair, uh, and Jesus Christ stoops down below the woman caught in adultery. What did Jesus Christ do? Remember what Philippians 2 says? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's verse 5. Verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and humbled himself. What did Jesus Christ do? He took on flesh. He came from heaven and came down and became a man and was followed around with the sin of the world. He was sinless, but he entered into this sinful world. God stooped down to us. And here we see him in the temple, lowering himself below a woman caught in adultery. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. That's what he did for us. Then look at what it says. Verse 7, now they continued asking him, and he, it says this, he lifted up himself. Look at John chapter 12. 
Look at verse 32. And I, so John 12, verse 32, and I, if I be, what's it say there? Lifted up from the earth will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. So Jesus Christ, he stooped down. He came to this earth. He lowered himself. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus Christ stooped down, and then He was lifted up on that cross for the sins of the world. He was lifted up. Then, look in verse 7, middle of the verse. He said unto them, we're back in John 8. He said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. What happened? Now Jesus Christ has been lifted up on the cross. Here is perfect, sinless righteousness, bearing the sins of the world. You see, a minute ago, when that woman was brought into the temple, every eye in that place was on that woman. Look at her. Look at her. What did she do? Hey, look at her. Look at her. And now Jesus Christ is lifted up and every eye is on Him. And now they're not able to compare themselves to this woman who they thought they were better than. Now they're having to compare themselves to the sinless, the righteous, the perfect Son of God. And when Jesus Christ died on that cross, if God would pour out His wrath on His own Son, then we have no escape. We can compare ourselves to people that we think are less than us. But when we look at Jesus, when we compare ourselves to Him, then we see, I don't have any way to stand in His presence. The sad thing is, they didn't bow before Him. They left. And that's what people do when they're confronted with their sin, when they're confronted with the Savior. You can do two things. You can repent and bow down and worship Jesus, or you can walk away into condemnation. And they walked away. They walked away. He was lifted up. And then those people, they couldn't compare themselves to Him. Look at verse 9. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience. They can't stand in His presence. Look at verse 8. And again, do you see that word? Again? What does He do? He stooped down. What happened? Jesus Christ, in His incarnation, God came down, took on flesh, and He stooped down to become man. He was lifted up on the cross. Then they took Him off that cross, and where did they put Him? They put him in the grave. The Bible says, while he was in the grave, he descended to the lower parts of the earth. He stooped down. He stooped down. Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. Jesus Christ died. He was buried. He was put in the grave. And he was separated from this world. He stooped down. It's amazing. Look at Look at verse 10. When Jesus had lifted up Himself, He stooped down, He was put in the grave, but He didn't stay there. He said, no man takes my life. I lay it down willingly. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. 
He rose from the dead. What happened when he rose from the dead? He, he said, this is so interesting. Look at what happens. When Jesus had lifted up himself, we're in verse 10, and saw none but the woman. You see, Jesus Christ in his resurrection, he didn't come to save a nation. He came to save the individual. You know, Jesus Christ doesn't save your family. He saves you. And then he saves your wife. Then he saves your children. Then he saves your grandchildren. It is a personal and individual faith. Just Jesus and the woman. Now imagine this. Here's a, she is standing before Christ. And in the picture, here is this woman caught in adultery, standing before Jesus Christ. It is just her and her sin before the God of the world. You see, before, she was there with religious people. And all that religion could do, listen, all that religion, that religion could do was kill her. She was in bondage to that religion. Jesus Christ came. He stooped down. He became a man. And then He was lifted up on the cross. And then He stooped down. He went into the grave. And then He lifted Himself up. He rose from the dead. And now He is presenting Himself to this woman caught in adultery. She is before Him with her sin. And look at what He says to her. Where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. You see, when you come before Jesus Christ, do you know what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you? He conquered your accuser. And now He offers you the free gift of eternal life. And all you have to do is call Him Lord. He wants to be your Savior. And I want to show you one more thing that's just so fantastic. Look at verse uh, 3. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had, see what it says, set her in the midst. Look at what it says in verse 10. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman. Uh, I'm sorry, it's in verse 9. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman, what's it say? Standing. See, when Jesus rose, He lifted her up. I love what Psalm 40, Psalm 40 says this, verse 2. It says, he brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Do you think people would celebrate that a woman caught in adultery can now worship her Redeemer? She's standing now. She's standing. Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Keep your place in John. We're coming back. I always say that after I tell you to move. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. How could she stand? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the what? The gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Jesus Christ. He stooped down, made himself lower than a woman caught in adultery. He was lifted up on the cross to pay for that sin. He, he stooped down again and was put into the grave. He lifted himself up. And when he lifted himself up, he raised up that woman who'd been found in sin. She called him Lord. And now he can say to her, go and sin no more. You're free. You're free. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Has He lifted you up? Has, has He brought you out of that pit and that miry clay and set your feet on the rock? Are you standing in the gospel of Jesus Christ? If you're not, today could be the greatest day of your life. If you are, just say amen. Thank you, Lord, so much for your saving, healing, forgiving work.